3: Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
4: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
1: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this episode is one of our Questions of the Force episodes. The Force, or rather, our listeners have provided some wonderful questions, and we're going to try <laughs> attempt to provide some answers. I'm Joseph Grimshaw.
5: I'm Ken Napsuck. So happy that we have given the power of the Force to our fan base. They are actually our <laughs> listeners, our friends. Are the Force? That's beautiful. You are. You are the Force. You are, you're. The, you're the Force out there
1: there's just midi-chlorians all up in these questions, so I'm very <laughs> excited uh, to talk about them and see, uh, you know, what what the questions whisper. As always, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are recommending a book that is in our homes. We're going to start reading. We're going to very, very soon. Uh, be excited to discuss it. If you want to check it out, you can. It is Queen's Hope by E.K. Johnston. If you would like to download a free audiobook version, you can go to audibletrial.com slash Again, that's audibletrial.com slash for your free audiobook, Queen's Hope. Ken, have you started Queen's Hope?
5: I am yes I have and I'm, I'm I think about 80 pages into it uh, our review is uh, forthcoming and uh, so far some uh, really good stuff and uh yeah I don't want to give the whole review away but I am just loving that once again EK Johnson's like hey you know that like two seconds of Padme's life <laughs> that inspired that I've been thinking about for 20 years let me write about that and let me really do wonderful things with it so yeah, oh man a lot of fun.
1: I can't wait. I have this one uh, set out. I want to finish. I'm reading the Legends Kenobi book. I want to finish that first. And it it is like there is some gravity well around this book. I walk by it in my living room, and I, like, veer closer toward it. I even (laughs) picked it up once. and like, no, no, wait, wait until you can give it your entire focus. Anyway, speaking of entire focus, let's give it to these questions. We have two from Twitter, as always, and two from our patrons on Patreon. We'll start first with Twitter. We have a question from Sam Fow. Sam Faux, F A U X, Fox. Uh, Sam says, "Which Star Wars video game from eons past would you like to see revived, or even get a direct sequel? My choice would be a fully fleshed-out Pod Racer game with the option for a team manager career mode." hashtag Take my money, Ken. I know you've talked about both a Pod Racer game and team management games. This is this is the game that lives in your heart, right? The Pod Racer with team management. Yeah, Sam
5: stole my answer, uh, which probably means he's aware of my answer and, is, and we're in agreement. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, that that is, I can't tell you how much I wish I knew how to create video games because <laughs> then I would pitch this and sell this or something. Um, I, I, I just, I dream about it. I dream about it. Even again, and we're going to take a look at Lego uh, Star Wars uh, the Skywalker Saga this week. Uh, when you get to kind of play the little Padres mode there too, I kind of thought, like, here we go again. Like, I want to choose a racer. I want to build. I want to, I want to have a team. Let's do it.
1: Yeah. And for the, for the uh, kind of sports management, team management games, Mm -hmm. uh, I've played like uh, on mobile, some games where you like you, Mm -hmm. you pick X, Y, or Z and you march them out and you see how they do. Uh, I'd never played a full like sports management game. Mm -hmm. Is that uh, for you? Is that, uh, do you enjoy those? Because it's a little less of the mash buttons, do the challenge and more like, slowly consider your picks and then let it all play out
5: yeah there's something about it i i I wish and again this is why i always say you know you don't have to love sports you don't have to love say nerd fantasy stuff i'll put those two categories up there you 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 can love only one of them but it's the same muscle and why Mm -hmm. i'm I'm surprised you know sometimes well i get why some of the walls are up Fortunately, we've all been to high school but um (laughs) yeah there it is uh if you're if you get lost in a star wars story and you're thinking about fan fiction and you know a story and a mission and characters, it's similar where you just like you're thinking of contracts and money and what player can I trade for or i've done you know I'm not a huge racing fan in real life i' you know the, I'll attended a race or something once, but like I've played a lot of those car games where you're like, oh I've earned enough money to buy new tires I can go faster, <laughs> and there's just something about it that connects with those kind of games if you've got that kind of uh uh, my, my Ford. so I think how great would it be to build a new pod and win three races and then you can get a new engine or build the, get a new team of pit droids, uh, hire a race, hire a racer, fire a racer, you know, <laughs> uh, replace rats, Tyrell, like you got, you know, the tragedy strikes. all that would just be so fun. So yeah.
1: Fun. Get a better flag carrier if they're not doing a good job at the beginning of the race. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really great. That, that sounds like a ton of fun. Uh for that—that Sam's kind of question about taking an existing game and he, having a, a sequel or a revised version. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that your answer as well with the Pod Racer game, or, or is there a, other Star Wars games that you would like to see revived or get a direct sequel?
5: Yeah, I felt I felt it was fair since uh, Sam was uh, correct there with that answer. Uh, I <laughs>
3: um,
1: another one that I just love so much
5: came out. I cannot believe I looked this up today.
3: 1994.
5: Mm. Wow. Seems like yesterday I was losing a lot of time that I should have been building my uh, uh, radio career and screenwriting career. (laughs) I come home (laughs) from college. We get off my radio shift and play TIE fighter on uh, the PC and loved it. Loved it. You have to stop a, a, a coup against the emperor, which, you know. Now I might not stop. I might join, but uh, <laughs> it was just fun, and I didn't play a lot of the X Wing games. And again, you know me. You all know me. We've talked about this before. Empire's got cooler toys. I had the Imperial insignia hat for so long. I, I didn't play X Wing. I played Tie Fighter. <laughs> I wanted to fly Tie Fighter, and it's it's just a real fun story. And I think a, a remastered version of that, and then maybe uh you know we uh, got Squadrons. You got a good thing. Just to give me give me a Tie Fighter specific version of like the Squadrons hmm. game
1: nice nice mm-hmm. now, that makes mm-hmm. a ton of sense um i think for me there there are a couple ones that i would like to see either revised or have a direct sequel a direct sequel i would love a sequel to the rogue squadron games oh, yeah. uh there's a the one that was uh originally for uh n64 and then the one that launched gamecube that was uh you know that's the the rogue squadron rogue leader which is just one of my favorite video games mm-hmm. uh, of all time i've Bunch of great uh, uh, missions, but I've talked about the Battle of Endor. How much I love that. Uh, multiple times on this here podcast. Um, mm. And then there was a, th- a third sequel that tried to have it all. <laughs> 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 Where there were flight missions, but then there were, there was also like a narrative uh, mm. kind of inserting. It, it forced Gumpton Imperial into, you know, significant <laughs> moments of uh, the Rebellion's life and... It was, it just the actual gameplay just uh, uh, did not work the run and shoot, uh, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Uh, But you did get access to a cool Jedi starship. Uh, Anyway, um, I think for me, uh, that Rogue Squadron flight experience, um, I I know that uh, times have changed, I understand, and the mechanics of flight have evolved. Mm-hmm. But in this Lego game, the the flight controls are not intuitive to me. In the squadrons video game, mm-hmm. the the flight controls are not intuitive to me. This is a me problem. <laughs> the world has evolved <laughs> and I have not come with it. I am not criticizing these games. This is a me problem. But what I want is uh, the exact controls that my thumbs and my soul, know intuitively Mm -hmm. because i want to just fly around and feel that feeling of like i feel really free because i I, because this is intuitive to me so i would love just a a new rogue squadron with those controls that (laughs) this old man knows uh, yeah, well,
5: I, I, I just I, I don't disagree with you at all because I often on squadrons, uh, even even Battlefront 2, whatever, even the new Lego game. There's a couple of times I have to as I'm flying, I have to almost put my controller down and just go, all right, fly straight. Just let it fly straight for five seconds and you'll recalibrate
3: <laughs> where you are. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure if I put the time into it, I'm just not as obsessive of a video game player uh, anymore uh, because uh, that's all I would do. Uh, So I'd love that. I would love that uh, to be updated. The other thing uh, that I'm sure like a mod exists or whatever, but I I don't know if it's available to just buy on Xbox or PlayStations, online stores. I really have a hankering to replay uh, the Phantom Menace movie game that is, uh Hmm. the one that made me fall in love with team toe it is that uh there's a lot I remember about it a lot I don't the thing I really remember is that you go into Mos Espa uh, you know and you're playing Qui-Gon and you have to make deal upon deal it is like a full season of Mandalorian of like (laughs) you do this favor for me then I'll do this favor for you in in order to set up the entire pod race and that's the one where uh you know Qui-Gon encounters team toe and he's been drinking (laughs) oh yes uh so I would just uh, I have like these dreamlike memories of that. So I'd really love to just replay that one. Ah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Mm. A lot more video game talk uh to be had when we do our look at the Star Wars Lego, the Skywalker Saga game. So thank you, uh Sam, for, for that pregame. We're warming up in our video game talk. Any other thoughts before we move on?
5: Uh no, I I just I'm glad you cut me off. I, I will. T- I got to maybe just write down my thoughts on this PodRacer game and just see who, <laughs> who we know, <laughs> who can I get this to.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, th- there seems to be a demand for it. I think you can start a hashtag. Start yeah. a hashtag.
5: There we go. There we
1: go. Moving on, then uh, we will get back to the video game odyssey. We will get this racer game. Moving on to our question from Nanigans. Nanigan says, what's your preferred theory for the origins of Luke's kyber crystal? Did he find his own during his journeys? This one is my preference, Nanigan says. Did he inherit it from someone, Qui-Gon's, or something else entirely? Reintroduction of a synthetic crystal, or synthetic crystals, plural. Um, I did do uh, some research on this, Ken, to remind mm-hmm. myself that, yes, it is indeed in the Shadows of the Empire story, the much beloved uh, story by many fans and listeners. Uh, we do learn that Luke makes a synthetic crystal mm-hmm. to create his green lightsaber. So that's the uh, the Legends continuity. And I am not entirely caught up in, on Charles Soule's current Star Wars comics bridging the gap between Empire and Return of the Jedi so maybe something has come up with this but I gotta think that that is something that Charles Soule is wanting to write so I bet that story is coming in that comic book but uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you if you're caught up or have any insights that, that I don't on that one
5: I'm close to being caught up I, if, if there's probably a, a last month I think I missed uh, the batch I'll get that in a week or two so we're not there yet but I, I, I gotta think we're 100% there the war of the bounty hunters was post empire we're racing towards return of the jedi in the comics and we're crossing big big canon territory aren't we uh, and i and i think uh, i think this is uh needed to be answered this is a question a lot of us have have had and 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 have even more in a way if that makes sense because we know there's so many uh, of, of these issues that touch upon this kind of uh, canon in star wars so anyways other to say i think we're getting there
1: Yeah, I think, you know, going back to Shadows of the Empire time, you know, the school and and people have grown up with that and and love that. But it was kind of a a different time for crystals. Yeah. (laughs) In Star Wars, right? Kyber crystals, uh, you know, starting from the Gathering arc in Clone Wars to really uh, putting them, you know, on, on screen in Rogue One. Big movie, big focus, tying it all together, you know, visiting uh ilum yourself uh, is a player of fallen order kyber crystals uh, and their importance and how they work and even uh the stuff in trial the dark saber about the relationship that the user has it's all built it up so much so this is a little bit more to me of a deep story than where did he find it you know (laughs) yeah yeah did did he buy one off hondo right right like um I think mm-hmm. for me, the story that I want is uh, I, I would love to have Luke have to track one down. I think that builds up the story of Luke as a sort of archaeologist, archivist of the order, which the comics have already been doing since, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that, that bridged a new hope and empire strikes back. Um, And I, and I feel like the, with the modern story of what Kyber crystals are, I feel like acquiring one is a trial and, mm-hmm. A building of a relationship so mm-hmm. i would love it if luke is like i have to i know he's got the other lightsaber right now in the comics yeah. right yeah
5: the yellow one yeah
1: the yellow one and i read that that story um and i feel like uh, however it, it gets built to in this comic book if that's indeed where they tell the story i would love it to be like luke says is a part of my journey to become a jedi I can't skip this part of the process. I have to find one and it has to be a spiritual thing. And I have to find the one that responds to me. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. there, there are, aren't any in the galaxy or very few in the galaxy. And I just got to find one. I still have to do what the Jedi of old did. If I have to find the one that's right for me.
5: We're, we're in the same ballpark. I, I like this idea that just Luke will know it's time I don't know, maybe Ghost Ben shows up and says, "Hey, by the way, this is time. <laughs> that yeah. like that yellow one you have, it ain't going to do the trick here." And I yeah, I'm I'm with you. We 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 um you going back to the 90s and when some of the, the the crystal lore popped up, the synthetic uh crystals are are something I actually kind of liked on the SIS side, but I just love where it goes now. Bleeding the blade is so mythical. It's so uh, uh dark magic almost in a way, and I love the whole mm-hmm. story there. So all kind of you know, flows into this story with Luke and where he is right now and where we know where he know he, he ends up with with Vader talking about constructing the lightsaber. It just would make some sense that it has great meaning. And I, if you just want to talk about the how of it, I have I know Illam could still be in play in some fashion. And maybe he goes has a, a kestis like journey through Ilum and all the Imperials there. Uh I don't need to rehash all the same beats from that that video game level and all that stuff. But you know what I mean? Like like why not send Luke to the center of it? Uh, that could be something like that or combine the two if it, if it is Qui-Guns, but uh, he has to connect with some way and not just search, but but um, build that connection. I I could go down that path as well.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder if there's also room to uh, enhance the story of the second Death Star's construction, right? Ooh, um, yeah, OK. Because I, I think, you know, there for me, I, I, there's probably technical manuals out there, but like the. Did they just have kyber crystals uh do they have a stock of them (laughs) right or did they have to mine more and find more for the second death star
5: yeah and and and, yeah luke crashing into that that could be good
1: yeah like yeah i have to go crashing into that Mm. or i could see some uh fun story where uh another culture has a, a relationship with the kyber crystals and Luke's like, hey, <laughs> I sense that you have this. Anyway, I could get that. And they'd be like, sure, pass these trials kind of thing.
5: Yeah, and and, and it's the fun part of the comics now. And I, and I always say I don't connect with all of the of the modern comics in the last couple of years. I've, I've said that a few times. But I like the potential of taking something a beep. Luke shows up with a green lightsaber as a kid. Basically, we learned about it from the Kenner figure, right? For a lot of us, like, oh, he's got a new green one. Uh, and I just like that it could be a little bit more complicated and that he could go on a wild mission, like you're saying, to another world we haven't met yet or something kind of magical, mystical that you wouldn't have thought in 1983 as a kid when you're like, cool, he went to the store and bought a new one like I do. Um, and that's, kind of, that's 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 the potential and the promise of those stories in comics or novels um yes what well, we'd like to see it would i love to see it in uh, mando 3 <laughs> or something like that uh or a flashback from luke is yeah. what i'm saying uh sure maybe he's telling someone about let me tell you how i got my sure i'd love to see it live action but <laughs> probably not gonna see it and that's the promise of the comics why i do go back every month to see what's there for me
1: yeah absolutely uh final thing with this uh how do you feel about the idea that he inherited it from qui-gon or somebody like that um
5: Again, I don't mind that, but that it, that doesn't that seems so incomplete now, right? Unless it's like unless, unless the the inheritance of it involves some sort of trial or test. I love your idea of of him. Wouldn't it be, it's almost like Luke creating his own trials? Like I'm not ready yet. I gotta <laughs> let me test myself here, uh, so that it isn't just um, he finds it in a box and something like that. And I, I don't think that's what you're suggesting at all, but just you know. Uh, have some weight behind it that could, that could work for me too and 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 be wonderfully uh you know a little emotional a little emotional connection from from Qui-Gon to Luke
1: yeah I mean I love the the legacy of it that you know mm-hmm. this is the one that is out there um yeah. it, you know wh- whatever exactly has happened to it I I think you know Obi-Wan probably
5: <laughs> picked yeah. it
1: up and brought it back to the temple and I'm sure it's had some adventures uh maybe even some of them are documented who knows um uh, the internet knows, but I'm not looking it up right now. Um, yeah, but I think for me, it, it, that legacy of from master to master to master to student to master to student is great. But I'd still want him to really have to go through something to yeah. acquire it. Yeah, ultra. We'll a little trial. We want to put poor Luke through some stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe Luke has to play your Pod Racer game in order to get Qui Gon Skyber Crystal. Got
5: to win a level. Can, can I kick back to you though? That going back to eighty three when he shows up, and again from our generation's point of view here, did you have any wild theories on that, or did you did you accept it on face at face value?
1: I thought it was really cool. Like yeah. I, I think. Um, I think there's like some anxiety because at certain points, you know, in the buildup to Return of the Jedi, it's like, how is Luke even have a lightsaber? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, so when those images started to come out, um, honestly, for me, it was like a little bit of this uh, crisis because uh, blue was my favorite color. And, you know, when you're <laughs> younger, that's important. That's one of the few things that you have yeah. agency over that people yes. ask you about as a kid. <laughs> What's your favorite food? What's your favorite color? And I was like, uh, as a human being, here's what I know about myself. I like macaroni and cheese and my favorite color is blue. These are the parts of my life that I have authority over. Um, and a big part of that was Luke's lightsaber, right? So yeah. then when it went green, I had this real crisis of faith. I was like, does green have to be my favorite color now? I do. I like it. I like it. Can I abandon yeah. blue?
5: See, this is great. This is great. Cause I was a pizza and green kid. So Jedi was great. And I had it in the spotlight Star Wars thumbnail that uh, you so wonderfully created years ago that we still use there with me sitting in that uh, shirt. It's green with Emperor uh, uh, Vader and Luke on it, an awkward family photo. And that green, it was just like green. And then the shirt's green. Green's my favorite color. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, so, I mean, I loved it. I, I thought mm-hmm. it was incredibly cool. And I had that crisis of uh, my favorite color. But I love that green lightsaber. Yeah. And I loved as I got older, the sort of the myth of there had been a scene. And I love that deleted scene. And mm. there's an action figure uh, that I think is a little spendy of, uh, of Luke constructing his lightsaber. It's a deleted scene action figure that uh, I almost mm-hmm. picked up at a convention years ago for 20 bucks. I need to, uh, I need to track that one down. So I never, I didn't ever though, as a kid, I think it was just such a different time. It was like Vader said he constructed a new one. Well, there's the answer, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. 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 No. And that, and that line was great too. I, I, I probably accepted that on somewhat face value of, oh cool. He built a new one, but it just, that meant something right. That just, even not knowing anything or any of the lore to come, it just meant something that, oh, I see you build the lightsaber, you connect with it and then you're a Jedi got
1: it. yeah i mean i think the the you, not, your skills are complete right that's some of that mm-hmm. great tip of the iceberg storytelling of that suggests so much it suggests that that's a hard challenge a skill it requires something and we don't uh, dwell on what but it fires your imagination to wonder and here we are all these years later with mm-hmm. multiple versions of that story still wondering what the new one's going to be yeah love it yeah, great question. Thank you very much. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be back with our questions from our patrons on Patreon.
4: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly
2: coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
3: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
4: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig.
1: And we are back to continue attempting to answer the questions of the Force. We go to our patrons from Patreon. This one comes to us from Christopher Ferreira. Uh, Hello, lovely hosts. You guys are such an inspiration and validation of my optimistic fandom, and I hope you continue to grow and spread the Bakta tank of talk. Bakta spill sounds like a video game level, kinda, says Christopher. Uh, Thank you for the kind words, Christopher. Christopher continues. Anyways, first time asking a question here, so I will keep it simple. I loved the reveal of Din now flying a repurposed N-1 Starfighter. As a child of the prequels, it is cool to see a ship that looks like my own Lego sets after a few months. That being said, what is your guy's alternate list? What ships do you think could have worked for DIN as well as an N1? I personally think that for story reasons, the switch to a one-person starfighter clearly signals a shift away from bounty hunting, but practically, I think uh, maybe a more gradual downsizing may have made sense. So for that reason, my idea for DIN's ship would have been a drumroll ARC-170. The prototype for the X-Wing checks all the boxes for DIN. Pre-Imperial or X-Imperial, depending on age, which could also be an advantage. Two large cannons already installed and torpedoes. A standalone hyperdrive. Space for a crew of three plus storage, which is uh, more downsized from the crest. And more importantly, there's an astromech slot to take over for Grogu. What do you guys think? Hope you all have a fantastic day. May the force be with you. Mm -hmm. May the force be with you as well, Christopher. This is a a great analysis of uh, some of the meanings behind the N1 and the practical. (laughs) Uh, How much space does Din need? He is downsizing from like a one-bedroom apartment ship (laughs) to a studio? Uh, Uh. (laughs) Generous? Generous? A bunk? Yeah. Anyway, where do you go with this? What other kinds of ships? Uh, might have worked in, in the same way the n1 did or a slightly different way
5: yeah one question christopher this is truly a, a bar conversation mm-hmm. uh and i think christopher you're nailing the why of the n1 something that's big to us here at Four center the why of things and, and and what it means that said i am still up at night going but like joseph just suggested where's he gonna sleep that just doesn't bring, it, that's not practical Can he get something <laughs> else attached to it? So I love the use of the N1 I'd love uh, some alternate, I think why not be a two-car family <laughs> could didn't Grogan could be a two-car family uh, So here's some of the choices I went to And, and the Arc 170 is oh, a great yeah. choice Because it's a great ship Love the prequel era ship. So many great things to choose from So I went there first with a modified I mean capital M modified LAT I mm. want to see this is the Volkswagen mm. van of bounty hunting. Now, again, I agree with Christopher. I, I I think we're moving away from bounty hunting. But you talk about a, a place to sleep, little little mini fridge in there, little pop-up tent. I, I grew up in a Volkswagen <laughs> van. So the lat with a hyperdrive, take that around the galaxy, room for Grogu to roam around and play with as many uh, still balls and macaroons that he wants to. All right. I love this idea. love the image. Love the sound. Heavily armed if he needs it. Uh, that's my first choice. But I have a backup, but I want to kick it back to you.
1: Oh, that is a very, very good choice. Um, yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, for uh, for pre-Imperial, um, I, I think the N1 is right, uh, you know, for so many reasons, uh, but, but we'll, yeah. we'll uh, try to have fun. Um, the Mandalorian Gauntlet Fighter, that is one of my favorite, favorite ships. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a little bit of room there. Um, and we got to see them parked in, uh, in live action. And I'm sure I got this feeling that we're going to see more of those Mandalorian <laughs> gauntlets. Uh, but I think, I think we could even see like, that's the third ship. Maybe there's a whole, the evolution mm. of this character via ships. And when <laughs> he and Grogu both accept their role as Mandalorians, right. Uh, mm-hmm. that it could be, um, the right ship uh, at that time. So we're not quite there yet. The other thing that I think might have evoked a little bit of the N1 vibe um, is some sort of uh, real kit-bashed Corellian ship. Like if Pelimoto is like, well, I got a cockpit, Mm. (laughs) just a cockpit from this old Corellian ship. And then I have these like uh, wings from an old Jedi T6 shuttle, like, and just really made something that was, in that same spirit with the n1 of it's repurposed it's new you know mm-hmm. but had as a part of it like that distinctive uh crawling uh cockpit right. i think that yeah. would have been cool i think in some ways not that people of all ages don't love the the falcon or, or dash renders outrider yeah. Um but i think that it is so significant that that would have been a, a little bit of an original trilogy nostalgia and i think it is so important and so purposeful
3: mm-hmm.
1: that it was prequel nostalgia so right. yeah this is a fun question of like what would we have almost wanted yeah <laughs> but not because the n1 is perfect
5: well and and, and that scene I, I still if i ever meet Bryce dallas howard in person i'm just i'm just gonna say thank you Thank you for the way you directed that scene and put that scene out there. Thank you for making that uh, just so emotional. I can't replace that N one scene for anything, but uh, this is a fun conversation. Uh, you you also I think stumbled onto a scoop, Joseph, uh, from Mando season three. Now have it on high authority that Din does win uh, Dash Rendar's ship in a bet. <laughs> <They> <laughs> I meet think so. In episode
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> yep the they have a just an epic uh battle right and he, yeah. <laughs> dash render puts everything on the table his ship yeah. his shoulder pads didn't taste yes. at all
5: yeah and and I, I and i know for a fact we're gonna have a lando appearance uh and he's gonna enter the game to try to because he kind of hasn't really he, he misses having like kind of like a carillian you know white so he's going to try to get in on that action <laughs> so to, this is all we're going to put, we'll put this on YouTube we'll make $240,000 a year just selling lies. But uh I uh, absolutely love this. Uh love this conversation here. I have a weird backup though. Yeah, go go for it. Uh, it's listed as needing a crew of at least 3. So, I don't know if Grogu's ready for that. Uh maybe you convince Grief to come along, maybe Pelimoto. maybe she just flies into space. She doesn't leave Tatooine much she says, right? Well, this is her chance. I want talk about going back a few eras. Go ahead and give me DIN. And it wouldn't be if, if the lad is a Volkswagen van. This is like, uh, this is, uh, you got a, a big RV camper. Put him in a <laughs> long beam cruiser from the High Republic era. Oh, wow. That would have been
1: amazing.
5: Yeah. And again, needs a crew of three, can carry up to 24 people. So maybe this is when uh, the Mudhorn clan grows, the expansion plan. And yep. they all fly around like a traveling band of, uh, you know, a family band.
1: <laughs> ba, 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 and they're just flying around the long beam. Maybe this is where this is all building is Den's like, I'm really tired of coming back to Tatooine to have my <laughs> fi- sh- uh, uh, ship fixed. So Pelly, uh, I'm hiring you. <laughs> yeah. You're just yeah. traveling with me. All at all times now. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that uh, as soon as HasLab announces the N1 vintage <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. repurposed uh, Starfighter as a toy you can buy, uh, then that's when Dan will get a third ship. Yeah, I love that. That's a good answer. Just purposely. Uh, the The final one for me, is, and you made me think of this, Of um, think more about the, the Clone Wars animated series. Obviously, the... Uh, LATS, the L A A T S. the Republic gunship, is in the movies, but also, boy, is it in the Clone Wars animated series a lot. Mm-hmm. I love the E-T-A class shuttle. There's uh, a Jedi mm-hmm. version. There's a, a executive uh, Republic version that uh, Palpatine uses. Uh, it is the shuttle that uh, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka are using when they go to Mortis. It's just got mm-hmm. this great mm-hmm. wing, the the kind of the three wings, uh, like uh, all the shuttles, uh, but they've got this little energy, like they're kind of moving forward. Yeah, ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. A mm. very good one. But I, I wanted uh, to touch on this just briefly because uh, Christopher does such a great job with it. Um, this is just one of those those uh, questions where, like we're saying, it's fun to think of what might be an almost answer. Mm-hmm. But I think the N one is it, it does it represents that that change that downsizing mm. that uh, Christopher is talking about. But I really love that they went to the effort to make this sort of love of the N one that is in our real world, in our Mm. associations with it as fast and fun and joyful (laughs) Mm. and that they made that in universe. Right. Yeah. Uh, It's not just Pelly talking about it. The way Cobb Vance reacts to it, right? Like, is that an N one? It makes it like, um, it really connects it to sort of american myths about vehicles right of like a 57 chevy impala right it's a, yeah. a beautiful car that's designed to give you fun and freedom right mhm and i mm-hmm. think that, i just think that is is such an important part of this uh, of the way they handled this story right mhm i want to shut up again and also i love i love the uh
5: Ed won fun and freedom. Buy it today. Great commercial going. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. Any other thoughts on this one before we move on to our final question? The only thought is
5: we could keep going, couldn't we? These are those fun Star Wars questions I can't wait to have in person with all of you at Star Wars Celebration.
1: Yeah. What <laughs> ship will be Din's next ship? <laughs> uh all right we go to our final question from harrison gibson harrison says hello force center friends while watching revenge of the sith recently i had a fun what if pop into my head what if mace windu had taken anakin with him to arrest chancellor palpatine palpatine we know that he wants to force anakin into making a choice you must choose as Sheev says how would he have pushed anakin into making a choice in this scenario and might mace showing anakin he trust him have made any difference also just wanted to say thank you for being such a beacon of positivity in the Star Wars community. Thank you, Harrison, for the kind words. Let's get into tragedy. Mm. Uh, mm. Do you think it would have made a difference? Do you think Mace was wrong? Uh, take me into all of your Mace <laughs> handling Anakin <laughs> in his critical moment thoughts.
5: Man, if we haven't, I, it, it's six years of broadcasting. I can't remember everything we've ever done. If we haven't done the deep dive into Mace and his decisions, the good, the bad, and the otherwise, I'd love to do that at some point because he's fascinating. It's a fascinating case today. I think there's so many examples where Mace is right. Bedside manner wrong, but <laughs> thought process right. He's close to figuring stuff out or make some decisions I agree with. I, I think it's wise to, to leave Anakin behind. I do think a boost of trust might have helped anakin but I, I think i have a kind of a boring answer here joseph where it's padme that's driving all of this and anakin that's what's unsettling and if 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 mace's sure sure kid come along uh i think the same thing happens i literally think the same exact beat happen. Mm. um fisto holds up a little bit of a fight goes if, if, if it's him, Fisto, and Anakin, I think uh, Palpatine does something to to move him out of the picture, force push, whatever, you know, to get the details of the fight. And I still think Mace being Mace, I think Anakin, uh, Palpatine needs that to happen. Mace put, gets him in a position. We're almost at the same decision again. Uh, I, I don't know if any of that changes Anakin's heart in that moment, as if he's to say, all right, well, yeah, you know, I am here. Uh, you're right. Yeah, let's arrest. Uh, I mean, let's kill him. Uh, you know, if, as long as Mace get to that same point of we need to kill him, um, it's all the same. Now, again, if if Anakin's there and and Mace is there and they they can arrest him, sure, maybe we got a different story, less dramatic on screen, but a different story.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think in the big picture, uh, I ultimately agree with you because I think mm-hmm. Sheev, I think it would have made Sheev work harder. Um, get to yeah. the, the the imagining of uh, how Shiv might have made that work <laughs> yeah uh, in a minute I, I think this is just one of the things that i really appreciate about the prequel era in revenge of the sith in particular that it mm-hmm. so works like a shakespearean tragedy where it invites these questions it invites you to ask what is the moment usually in, in classic shakespearean tragedy in the third act in the middle where the protagonist makes a choice we're like well now that choice now everything is going to fall out uh, mm-hmm. From that, and and you can't go back. And then a part of the the joy and the horror of uh, revisiting tragedy is asking yourself exactly which beats could they have made a different choice, and would mm-hmm. it have impacted uh, that one ultimate choice where there's no turning back? And I right. feel like for Anakin, that ultimate choice is is you know, she's saying you must choose, and he chooses <laughs> uh, yeah. poorly, uh, in my opinion. And well, I would say in the opinion of uh, Star Wars, Anakin should not. <laughs> uh have hacked off old mace's arm there um but it's constructed well right to Mm -hmm. invite you to see it from anakin's perspective where he has been manipulated by palpatine earlier in the film uh to take a life when he knows he shouldn't you know he's too dangerous to be kept Mm -hmm. alive and then engineers mace uh over the years but also in that moment to uh, repeat those things uh, and make it look like a sort of uh, equivalence in, in, from Anakin's perspective. So I think we're invited to kind of try to see it from Anakin's perspective, but that all falls apart when you realize it's a manipulation mm-hmm. <laughs> by Palpatine and uh, mm-hmm. he is too dangerous. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think for me, I think Mace should have trusted Anakin. I think even if it didn't ultimately change everything, I think that it is a failure for Mace. And I think it is a symbolic of uh, the Jedi's failings. Um, Mm -hmm. Mace has lots of things that he is right to be concerned about. And I think his story over the course of the prequels in the Clone Wars is understandable concern gives way to rigidity and fear. He has a lack of hope in Anakin, he's never allowed himself to go, "Yeah, but what if? Yeah. What if Qui-Gon is right?" It's always just been, "Nope, dangerous, bye." <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And that, that that can't be good for the kid, right? Um and then I think this is like the erosion of the Jedi's ability to to trust at all, right? Yeah. Um to say like, "Yeah, I think you're dangerous and I think putting you with Palpatine is dangerous and I think he manipulated you to be on the council and you threw a fit and you got anger swirling around you why did he reveal himself to you like mace's concern is totally totally understandable but sometimes that's when when trust is needed the most right to reach mm-hmm. out to somebody and go you know i have a lot of reasons to doubt you and i am going to put this trust and faith in you in this moment to come with us uh, on this yeah. um i think it would have worked out poorly for mace but i think just personally it, it, it's a symbol of the amount of That Palpatine has eroded uh, hope and trust in the Jedi.
5: Yeah, no, I'm right there with you on that journey. There, it's uh, you know when I said like Mace is so close to figuring stuff out in the sense of, uh, hey, it's he's he's on the doorstep. We talk about choices. And I love what you're saying, too, of just this were being uh, uh, overall just represented uh, representative of the Jedi Order. And you could trace that back to Phantom Menace, right? Yeah. With Mace and young Anakin just along the way. Uh, so to say he comes to a decision point and hides behind the shield of the Order, which is a bit of fear, uh, a bit of fear for Mace. So that, that tracks for me along the way. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, it we're to end up maybe at the same point. Um, is Palpatine's manipulation of Anakin just too strong for anyone to overcome? But yeah, no, I love
1: that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it it ends up with, yeah, uh, further making Anakin feel alienated and like the Jedi are never going to trust him. It is Mm -hmm. making the manipulations that Palpatine have said to him seem true of like, well, they're not that different than the Sith, right? Yeah. Um, So I think that's a, a part of that failure. But I don't think if, if, uh, mace had trusted anakin it would have just been like uh and now angel's saying and everything's fine right <laughs> yeah yeah. because yeah. <laughs> i yeah. do go back to you know uh what what you said at the beginning is i think she is just like i've worked too hard for this i'm too close to this mm-hmm. i think um i think if if all four of those jedi walk in uh to make their arrest along with anakin right
5: yeah
1: A- and even anakin ignites his blade is like you know please chancellor just come with us i don't think he would be like you know it's treason then and in yeah. the the screaming corkscrew i think instead <laughs> he immediately goes to to legitimacy right of like yeah well this isn't what the there the, these are just wild accusations and even if anakin knows that there's a half truth there he's right. such in a place to open himself to half truths. i think as Chief says well you know that you have to have a formal investigation and I'm mm. going to call in my guards. And I think he would put the Jedi in a position to have to use va- violence. You know, mm. I, mm-hmm. it, I think he would have the guards attack and then they would use violence. And then um even if, even if uh Mace just, you know, is like grabbing him by the arm and saying, we're marching you into uh, prison, which I think okay. Mace is, is too wound up to do and, yeah, and, yeah. and to correct that, yeah. that, Palpatine controls everything yes. um, I just I like the image of like Mace taking Sheev by the arm and kind of marching him to the door and Sheev going, like, I can't let them take me Anakin, they'll, they'll kill me in prison <laughs> sheev with an electro knife, a vibro knife like, yeah. I think he'd play up that pity angle and I think that at this point with all of the great manipulation he's done of mm-hmm. Anakin I think the, the thing is is Anakin is afraid of Sheev's death right because yeah. Yeah. That, that's what it is right at mm-hmm. the end of the day it's like you need me in order to keep Padme alive yeah. if I die Padme dies
5: yeah uh, absolutely you know he, he, he lops off Sase Ten's head and uh, Anakin frees him and uh, you know got a fugitive thing going here
1: yep <laughs> Yep. I mean, it works uh, out, yeah. it works out really well for Sheev. And I think he would have had to work a little bit harder for it, but I think, he, yeah, yeah, I think Anakin's need to not lose Padme and experience that pain is, is more powerful than anything in that moment. Too powerful.
5: You're also making me uh, think, uh, you just analyzing the uh, Mace a little bit more. Uh, we haven't talked about it a bit, but that Mace comic that came out a few years mm. ago, five issue, run. if you out there listening, haven't checked that out. Uh, Dig into it because it basically takes that moment where Mace raises up his blade to strike down Palpatine. And if there's a second or beat of hesitation, it takes that hesitation and turns it into a story from his youth and uh, lessons he learned and why he might have not just have uh, brought that blade blade down quicker and faster and actually done the job. Uh, whether or not Palpatine would have let him, of course, is up for debate. But it's a fascinating insight into the lessons in life of Mace to that point and how he himself may have slipped. So, yeah, we've got good good Mace thoughts today.
1: Yeah, yeah. It'd be some really fun what-ifs if Mace was like, all right, you're right, I'll arrest him. <laughs> right. Uh, does she pretend to go along with it and just force-push him out the window? Does he get into, uh, you know, a prison? But get himself out immediately, right? Because right. he does have way too much power. Masamita is absolutely in his back pocket. Yeah. For our Clone Wars report, we're just about to talk where he takes over the entire banking system. <laughs> he he, he controls all levers of mm-hmm. power and it can just use it to obscure... Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. anything he does, and and Mace's in you know that yeah. that's the problem that they've been at, not pushing back against some of the government problems, you know, that yeah. have been going on for years. Anyway, I love yeah. these conversations. Obviously, yes,
5: yes, <laughs> yes, Anakin. Oh, they'll serve me bad food in prison. <laughs>
1: they'll shiv me, Anakin. Yeah, <laughs> a very different scene, but uh, the same tragic result. That's uh, that's our theory here. Yeah. Great question, Harrison. Thank you very, very much. In retrospect, maybe we should have uh, uh, ended on the fun and won instead of, they'll shift
2: me, Anakin. <laughs>
1: but that was the will of the force. Uh, any other thoughts on these questions, Ken? Uh,
5: no, great stuff. Great stuff today.
1: Yeah, very, very fun. Uh, thank you all for the questions. Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us?
5: Yes, I do. We are on Twitter <laughs> at ForceCenterPod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Thanks to everyone who watched our live q a uh, last week it's still up there if you want to check it out and we'll have another one soon look for that we'll let you know when facebook page is for center podcast podcast available on a lot of different spots like a iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts. just search and you'll find us merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Get that Speculate Responsibly t-shirt so you can show up in Star Wars Celebration uh, wearing that shirt and we'll find you easier in the crowd. Patreon.com slash Center is where you can support us directly. From there, you can get into our Discord where you can discuss Star Wars with Force Center friends every day. Uh, you can follow me at Ken Knappsock or Go to my website, kennapsok.com for information on all the things I do. Uh, Joseph, where can they follow
1: you? Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph and you can check out all of my other adventures on my website at josephsgrimshot.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for that great N1 Starfighter, this has been Questions of the Force.